Hello and welcome to Relationship Renovation. I'm Tara Kerwin. And I am EJ Kerwin. And again, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for feedback. Um, thank you for allowing us and giving us that space to do what is kind of in our heart and our our passion in life is helping others suffer less and how to navigate that. Today's podcast is going to be a little spontaneous and kind of put out on social media the question of help our listeners find some resolution to repetitive arguments they seem to find themselves in. We call that the repeat cycle. And to have some of our social media followers share things that are really hard for them to navigate and hope that we can kind of provide some resolution, some problem solving. Today in our podcast, I think we should just call this one like hodgepodge. You asked, we listened. Oh, you asked, we listened. We respond. Yeah. I mean, I think- We always listen. I mean, we definitely, I mean, we've seen Tara and I have seen probably now thousands. Oh, yeah. And through our center now, we're just seeing more and more. So we do see repetitive things. We see repetitive topics and we definitely just see repetitive dynamics. And so I think it is important to kind of have people throw out some things and we can share some insights on it. Yeah, we always say wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, Wash, rinse, rinse, repeat. repeat. There you go. So uh, one of the topics that actually came up multiple times on our social media was about arguing over chores not getting done. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah, absolutely. Raise your hand if that ever happens to you. I would would definitely, like, I could broaden that a little bit to how many couples come in here and it doesn't feel like there's a balance in how the household runs and that one of them feels like they take the lion's share of the work and it starts off sort of like where it's just like it's how they survive it's just they start the system without putting much intentionality and then that person gets resentful gets well, sick of it they start their they feel like they're now a parent to their partner instead of a partner to a partner and like it'll only get done if i nag and if i nag and then and then finally if i blow up then that's when things actually happen and we're like okay so the system you have isn't working Let us help you. I mean, it took EJ and I probably two, three years to get our, I mean, our system is down pat. Yeah. From, again, 5 a.m. until 10 p.m. We've got our system. It feels good. We know our chores. We get them done. And it just, it really does, for me, it leads to a really nice supportive partnership with you because there's none of that tension and like resentment and like, oh, it's all on me because you do what you need to do. I do what I need to do. It's an agreed upon system. And there are even times where in the morning, I sometimes just do your chores just so you can come back from the gym and breathe a little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and last night, like generally you tend to do more the folding of laundry. (laughs) You came home and I had folded two loads of laundry and I was almost like shocked by your thanks. You were just like, oh my God, you did the laundry. I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah, And so again, not required, but kind of sometimes doing just that extra because maybe one person got home early or whatever. 
oh my gosh, it's such an added bonus to a system that already works. So it just makes me feel even more connected to you. So I think it's important to address. So in this topic, is this a very common thing with couples is like feeling like there's an imbalance in sort of the running of the household doing of the tasks. I think it's important to identify why it happens first. I mean, and from my perspective, it often happens just, you know, sort of like it's just, it's a product of, the pieces of the system. Whereas there's generally like in our relationship, one person who's just mm. more clean is more tuned into it. That's terror in our relationship. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. There's also the dynamics of like, you know, sometimes like one person either is the primary, like brings the income in. And so they're gone from the family more often or gone from the couple or one person just has a more relaxed job than the other. You know, and I think like sometimes just the system starts very early on just based upon like sort of existing and and without like a lot of intentionality, which oftentimes leads to an imbalance. And that's what I was going to say, like a big why it happens, what I've seen and heard and even our own life is there's very indirect communication and it's not clearly defined what needs to happen, what's important. And so there's these expectations or assumptions like, oh, well, you, I mean, you would just think that people would do the dishes right after you were done eating. And it's like, well, have you said like, hey, it's really important that the dishes are done so that way I can relax? Well, no, because it should just be common sense. No, it is not common sense. And so we really try to help couples say, you have to have the most direct communication in a kind way, of course, to really have that need met and to have it like solidified where both people are like, oh, okay, that's what's expected. Yeah. I mean, that can go for like a multitude of topics from like expressing affection to balance of chores to money. We hear so often somebody saying like, well, shouldn't they just know? I mean, you know, and one no, they they shouldn't just know. It also comes off as being oftentimes very like demeaning to one of the people. Like it's almost like, hey, what? I mean, are they an idiot? Don't they know that you have to clean the dishes or don't they know you have to balance the checkbook or don't they, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's just, we, we're different people. Like Tara would probably be like, I mean, how can you not mop the floors every other day at the very least because of all the footprints and dog prints and hair. And I would be like, well, I just wouldn't think of that, you know? Okay. So let's kind of go with this first listener or or follower said, you know, we're constantly arguing over chores not getting done. So first of all, like on a, let's just say a day-to-day basis, right? We're always, always, always saying people check in with each other, look at your day, What's important, you know, I I tell everybody that we have a whiteboard and it is literally like scheduled out. I mean, and not like super rigid, but like, so we know that we're not putting too much on our plate and that things are like realistically can happen. I mean, if I'm going to work a 13 hour day and I also have to do book reports for my kids and I also have to make dinner and I also have to do dishes and I have to have to swifter, like that's going to be really unrealistic. And so for me, for us, for our family, having this schedule that's like, okay, that fits in today because otherwise, right? Like, let's just say you have a partner that's working like a 10 hour day and then maybe that person that stayed home needs a break. 
But then there's this expectation that, oh, well, when this person comes home, like I'm handing the kids to them and they're going to do dinner and they're going to do bath and they're going to be homework. Okay. But like, we have to talk about if that's even realistic. So the first thing I would recommend is just doing a check-in. Hey, how are you feeling today? Any priorities? What do we have to make sure that gets done today? What are our schedules like? I think that's really important. And then I think that whether it's you're coming home from work, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, that the minute you come back together, like, hey, what's important? How can I support you? What are we needing? Because that intentionality piece that you talked about, it's going to become more clearer. Okay, well, like what's important is I want to go take this break and take an hour and go do a workout. Can you prep dinner? right? And, and feed the kids. And then when I get back, I'm going to help you clean up the kitchen. Like you're just doing this in a very supportive partnership versus that mother parent, like I need you to do this. And if, if I'm coming home from my exercise class, this better be done. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, and, and what that speaks to is like, whatever the topic is, is like, we have to learn to be somewhat tolerant of the differences between us because that's a major obstacle that I see in this dynamic a lot is just that there's a judgmental side that each person has of like one person is like, I just can't understand why keeping the house or or having more of a balance isn't important to them. And the other person is like, is like judging the other person's sort of like anxiety around keeping yeah. it clean. And that we also just have to be like, patient and understand like it took me years to sort of like get how to maybe run the household more like you wanted it to be but also as I learned like it's important like our house is clean and it's nice and it's ordered and it feels really good to walk into our house and that's just not my natural thing but I learned it was important for you. Mm-hmm. You were pretty tolerant and communicated, tried to communicate as kindly as you could about it, you know, quite often, you know, and we figured it out. We created systems, like Tara says, like, I mean, literally, I know when I wake up, I know exactly like the eight things I'm doing before I walk out to the gym, you know, I'm making coffee and I'm doing each of our water bottles and, you know, and if I didn't do the popcorn bowl from the night before I'm doing, you know, and it's just like, I know those things all the way down to at the end of the night, the exact same thing that I let the dogs out, brush my teeth, come back, let the dogs back in. You know, it's just like, and you count on me for those things. Absolutely. And I also think, again, when you find a system that works for you, everybody's different, then there's going to be that more of like that flexibility piece is what I want to call it. So let's just say it's Thursday and your partner's chores, like folding the laundry and maybe partner gets stuck at work, right? Partner comes home like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was going to be stuck at work. Well, they're apologizing. You guys are still on the same page about it. You're talking about it. And then there's that flexibility to be like, you know what? It's okay. I got this today. But do you know what I mean? It just feels like, okay, we're going to be present with this. We're going to talk about it. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't believe that. Like they haven't done the laundry tonight. And so I'm just going to do it because I have to do everything anyway. Yeah. I mean, there, done that. Yeah. I think that what's amazing about what you said is, is that we really are creating a balance between having a system that is predictable and that, you know, 80% of the time I'm the one who, before I give the kids food in the morning, I clean the litter box and scoop the poop. Like, you know, 
but that that then there's that wiggle room of like if I'm having a really crazy week that you're attuned and you slide in and vice versa that if like if I know if I just pick up that one extra thing if I fold the laundry because you fit in a client at you know all the way to almost nine o'clock last night yeah like that that was going to be appreciated and but they yeah. can't like you can't be just completely structured with no wiggle room and you can't have all wiggle room and no structure. And so, so so we get to other people's topics. I think the big thing is we're saying like, you have to create systems of running the household, of creating some balance and you have to be patient because it takes a while and you also have to be flexible and, and sort of flow within those systems. And chances are, if you're arguing over chores, not getting done, you have a system that does not work and you just have to reinvent it. Right. And, and it has to be agreed upon by both people. Here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Here's what I'm willing to do. And we're going to, you know, try to 80% it. 80% of the time it, it works and it gets done like in that way. 20% of the time we're, we have that flexibility around it. I like that. Um, the next one is work-life balance with kids, right? Work-life balance with kids. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like we have couples that kind of come in on repeat and what we normally find out is like there is zero, if not maybe a tiny smidgen of where they have some quality time together. And I feel like that really breaks down a partnership. It breaks down systems because it's like the one thing you're supposed to be prioritizing, which is your partnership, is the one thing that's not being prioritized. And then everything feels out of balance. And so again, every couple's different. Everybody has a different daily life when different, what it looks like. And a lot of people have, you know, one kid, two kid, three kids. It doesn't matter. It's that you have to figure out a system that's going to work for you, that's going to create some type of balance for your partnership. So, and I know I've talked about this in depth, but there is like a 10 minute time in the morning, most mornings, not every morning, where EJ and I get to sit down, have our coffee, check in with each other. Like it is our time. And, and then of course, like when the kids go to bed at night, we have our little Netflix time, whatever. But like, I look forward to that time. If I didn't have that time, I would start to feel disconnected from EJ. So even making that 10 minutes a day where it's just the two of you, right? Where you are just like making time for each other. That's again, would we like two hours a day? Sure. Some people can only squeeze in, but 10 minutes you can do. I know that that's realistic. So I feel like setting that side a time and you're not talking about the kids. You're not talking about work. You are talking about how you are, how the other person is doing. Hey, wouldn't it be awesome to plan a date night? Could we, do we have that in our future? What might that look like? Again, you're just bringing that intentionality to making your partner a priority, even if it's only 10 minutes a day, but it's better than not having that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being in a desert and like having sipping water, otherwise having no water whatsoever, you know? And I think especially- You got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think like a lot of couples get thrown out of balance by family, by work, and they just don't course correct. 
And if you can just course correct a little bit, if you can just create a small amount of time daily, that's like literally like Tara says, like 10 minutes of just checking in. And I think that check-in that we encourage couples to do, how am I feeling? What is my, what's a challenge today? What's a positive thing about us? Just doing that sort of is like this plug-in, you know, and not making it also a time to complain. Complain about each other, that is, you know, that that it's about just how am I feeling today? What's a strength of us? I think that's always nice. Yeah, to hear. I like that positive self, yeah. positive relationship statement. Yeah. So I guess what we're saying there is if it doesn't seem like your relationship is a priority at all, just finding small ways it, daily, if not like every other day, where you check in with your partner and and see if you can sort of rekindle that connection. Yeah, I feel like that truly is the beginning of some kind of more like work-life balance with kids because even if you're working a 12-hour day and you've got four kids and that there is a way to create that partnership with your significant other to at least be like, oh my gosh, right? And then and then that rolls into acceptance versus resignation, which that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. I but mean, like, it's gotten us by, you know, it's it, gotten us you. in times where we can't, where we just don't have the time for dates and we're just, or, or the energy, but it's gotten us by of keeping us connected and not having us just become total planets and, you know, that are, that are barely in each other's orbit. It's the bare minimum and know that like, again, if you're strong, struggling with work-life balance, it won't be like this forever, but you have to talk about it and you have to make that time for your partner, even if it's just 10 minutes. Okay. So the, the next one, we actually had a few comments about this one and it's like a big one and it's money. Money, Finan- money, money. Finances. And it's, uh, I mean, finances are already like, a, you know, it's like our bread and butter and it's, to be in it together is, you know, it's hard even just as an individual. Like I remember I used to not even want to look at my bank statements. Like, oh, I don't want to know how much money I'm just going to go blindly through this life, not knowing because I just want to have a Starbucks. <laughs> and so again, that was just me. I did not have great financial teachings when I was a young child or growing up. Um, but then imagine having two people in a unit together that have very different emotional responses around money and finances. And it's like, if one person's already kind of ignoring it, uh, yeah, well, bringing in a second is even, that's even more chaotic. So let's just not deal with it at all. And here's what we found. Like when couples start to deal with it and they set intentions and they have talks about it, whether it's weekly, every other week, their little budget meetings, It creates so much safety and connection in the relationship because it feels like here's something that felt unwildly, right? Like it felt like chaos, like we didn't know what was going on. And now we're starting to talk about it and it actually didn't go sideways. You can't, you know, you got to break it down. You can't just be like doing an autopsy in the first discussion around finances, but you build that confidence little by little. And then in like a couple of months, however long, you have a strategy and you did it together, you know, and again, systems, this like podcast keeps coming back to systems. Like EJ and I know, like EJ will be like, hey, 
when do we have to let each other know like what a certain amount of money, what kind of purchase, you know, do we need to let each other know like if we're going to make that purchase? And I'm like, you know, I feel like if you're making something like that's over $200, can you like let me know that purchase? You know, for some people it might be 50, for some people it might be a thousand, I don't know. But even having those agreements are super helpful because I know I'm not going to like look at our bank statement and be like, what is this $600 charge? Like, no, EJ's going to tell me about it. Hey, I really want this new briefcase. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And again, it's it's helpful. I think the other thing is, especially if you're one of those couples who hasn't talked about money and it's is kind of a mess or it's been there's been a lot of conflict it's talking about talking about it before so before you get into the nuts and bolts of like a budget or whatever right. that it's like okay what happens like when we talk about this well i get really tense well i feel a lot of guilt and shame i feel like overwhelmed i don't know what cuz i've never really had to you know talk to anybody else about money i've always just been independent you know that you that you have at least one conversation where you're talking about talking about it so that you know like like if if I know that Tara, if it gets overwhelming when we have those conversations, I know like, okay, let's make sure that I have that conversation with her at a time where the kids aren't running around, where maybe the house is clean, you know, like where she's in a good mental space for it, yeah. you know, and I know also like she knows and she's learned this about me is that like certain things trigger my anxiety around money. And if she has an idea of that, then maybe she can notice it, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe she can be responsive, maybe she can be supportive, you know, so just talking about what it's like for each of you to talk about money. And I also think going into it with an agreement, like, hey, this is like hard for both of us. We are constantly like we can press a rewind button and like, man, it's 60 plus percent of our arguments revolve around money. So this isn't going to just be like an overnight or conversation and like an agreement around like, hey, if things start to go, if they get tense, if you start to feel that argument coming on, you guys agree, like we're going to take a break because we want it to be different. We want to get through this and have some sort of resolution or partnership and working together on that. And that is the ultimate goal, right? Like that we're together in this so we can figure out how to navigate finances that feel good for both of us so we can stop this consistent repeat of arguments around money. All right. I think we have time for one more topic, Tara. One more topic. What do you got? How about you and I come up with one that like where we have couples coming in and it's like this repetitive, like, can you think of one? Well, yeah, I actually, I got one. I got one for you. And this is like a really simple one. It's not necessarily a topic, but it's an important thing in relationship that couples struggle with. And that is like, we know from our practice and the way we uh, structure our, our sessions where we always have an appreciation at the end. And we know like how important it is for couples to express their appreciation of each other. It's it's just a big building block of happiness, right? And I notice so many couples who when they express appreciation, they have a hard time with it. Oh, or, yeah. or they, here's like the classic, and you got to be so careful about this, is like, Matt, I am so appreciative that you finally are helping. (laughs) 
that I have been waiting for years for you to like help and you did oh something gosh, this week. So and it's just true. like, that does not feel like an appreciation or like, I am just like so appreciative of the fact that you hugged me. I mean, you haven't hugged me in six months. <laughs> I've been starving for your, you know, it's like, we, we think we're going about you know, telling them something positive and really it feels just like a criticism. And I see couples do that all the time. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you have to stay in the positive. You have to tell the person what they did, not what they're lacking to do that's bad anymore or, or that they did something nice. Yeah. And but like that you're you spend two seconds saying what they did and a minute and a half telling them about why they haven't done it you know, in a, in a year and a half. Well, because, and then that, that repeat piece is like, man, see, I tried to do this and I still get shit for it. I still get nagged about it. I still get criticized about it. And I was like, okay, but the attention was there. Like you wanted to take that risk and up your affection level this week. Now your partner was receptive, but the way they went about communicating it totally blocked you from being able to hear that because you just automatically internalize that as I'm still not doing it right. I'm still not doing it enough. And so that we have to help the other partner like, hey, I just want you to recognize that I've really noticed that you've been really trying this week to be more physically affectionate. And I really appreciate that. Yes. Quick. It doesn't have to be long, you know, no. thank you for doing it. It's meaningful to me. That's it. That's thank all you for do. doing it that it's meaningful to me. Bam. That's how you reinforce that behavior that you yeah. want to see more of. Want to practice right now? This is, I would love to appreciate you. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'll uh, go ahead. So I appreciate that just a couple times in the last couple of days, you've just walked up to me and looked me in the eyes and, you know, like gave me a hug or didn't even do that. Just like really just like walked up to me and tuned into me. And I, I felt very seen in those moments and it really made me feel good. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to hear that. Like, I'm really happy that you're noticing that because I am trying to be more intentional around being present with you. That's so sweet. I had no idea, but I did notice that you did, are doing it. Okay. So and I, I want to share something like where it could go offline because yes. I want to do that same example. Okay. And again, right, we have the skills, we have to hone them in because of what we do, but a lot of couples don't have these skills yet. And so this is a prime example of what not to do. Okay, so, so go ahead do it again. Do it again. All right, so Tara, I just want to thank you. Like just in the past couple of days, there's been times where you've walked up to me, you've really looked me in the eyes, and you've just been really present for me. And I appreciate that. I, I mean, I always do that. I'm constantly trying to be present with you. Like oh. it's not. <laughs> oh, Okay. So. Yeah, like that's what I <laughs> Yeah, it feel that feels like somebody punched me in the gut. Like I feel like, oh fuck, I should have just kept that to myself. That was hard for me to even get to that part because we've done so much work around. Yeah. No, but that's a good that's a good catch. Like, yeah, like when when your partner gives you an appreciation and then you like, you know, kind of like shove them back and like, well, I do that all the time. I've been I can't believe you're saying that. It's like, yeah, that's that doesn't feel good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going to probably do another appreciation for a, a few weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like we love that you gave us some ideas to kind of play around with here. 
and, and really the idea is like, if you're arguing over chores, if you feel like you're being a parent in the relationship, if you guys consistently argue about money, chores, whatever, there's just a system that you don't have quite set up yet that feels pretty solid. And that's okay. Most of us don't, which is why we have a thriving practice. Yeah. You know, like I'm grateful for it, but it's also like we don't learn these skills. And so again, we're here to kind of model them and say, hey, here's what you can do and here's what not to do. Because ultimately at the end of the day, couples just want to feel seen, heard, and connected, right? And then there's, we just get so stuck in these patterns and it just reinforces it. And so we just, we all get lost, you know, but talk about a system that's going to work. Yeah. And I think this is a great plug for our relationship renovation at home course, which is available on our website because, you know, systems are fantastic and we've seen them change relationships. We've seen it change our relationship, but also like developing the ability to communicate in a healthy, emotionally safe way allows you to create those systems. And our course leads you through understanding each other's emotional reactivity, understanding some of the barriers that you guys have in communication, understanding negative core beliefs that are established and young in life that plague you in your relationship. So our course is like a, you know, a real deep delve for couples over a prolonged amount of time with lessons, with videos that help you build the tools, the awareness to create these systems that we're talking about. So There's check also it out. that closed Facebook group for our relationship renovation at home where couples can just like get ideas from other couples that are going through this. And it's been really cool. So absolutely. Absolutely. All righty. Right. Well, today was a good one. It was just kind of like, you know, hodgepodge as you said it. Um, but we want to know like Was it helpful? Did you, after listening to this, start to talk with your partner about a system around a certain thing like chores or money? And we want to know. We want to know if it was helpful and what worked, maybe what didn't work. So we can, again, like piggyback on that. And yeah. And as always, just thank you for listening. Yeah. It was great speaking with you. It's good to be here, Tara. Always, always take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train Me and you listening to the rain Me and you, we are the same Me and you have all the fame we need Indeed, you and me are we When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.